Hi everyone, this is Professor Clark, and today we're going to be talking about spelling rules. Spelling rules are not described explicitly in your textbook for this class, but they are something that are important. You have to know them in order to be able to use the right case endings and just in order to spell words correctly. And so I thought it would be helpful because I reference them a lot as I go through the case endings and the verb endings to give you a quick refresher on spelling rules. This will be another super exciting lesson for sure. So, you know, sit back, get out your popcorn and enjoy. So Russian spelling uh, can sometimes seem complicated. Uh, native speakers and heritage speakers like to complain about how hard it is to spell in Russian. But if you're a native English speaker, that sounds like complete nonsense. Russian is very easy to spell compared with English. It only has a few rules and the rules are quite strictly followed. And in fact, these three rules we're going to go over are the three main spelling rules that you need to know. If you know these rules, and you follow them, you can spell words and especially endings correctly 99% of the time. Uh, we're not going to worry too much about vowel reduction now. That is a separate thing. Um, so know that vowel reduction is out there and it causes a lot of problems for people with spelling too. But if you keep these spelling rules in mind, you will go very far. And these three main rules are about what kinds of vowels you can write after what kinds of consonants. So Russian is pretty strict about what vowels can follow what consonants. And these are the rules that tell you what vowels can follow what consonants. And we will use here in this lecture and just in general, when I'm telling you about endings and spelling, we will use the names as given in your first year textbook, Galasa. These names are just from Galasa. Um, so if you tell them to native Russian speakers, they might not understand what you're talking about, but because most of you probably had Galasa for first year Russian, you should be at least somewhat familiar with these rules. And I think they're really useful names because they tell you exactly which letters, uh, come into play in which rules. So that's what we're going to do. So what kinds of consonants are affected by these rules? There are two basic kinds of consonants that are affected by these rules and the other consonants are not affected by these rules. And these consonants are called velars and hushers. And they're specific kinds of sounds that you make in specific parts of your mouth. So velars are sounds made in the back of the mouth where the velum or soft palate is. And they're a specific kind of sound that you make in a specific way in the specific part of your mouth. And the Russian velars are g, k, h. And if you say them, you'll feel that they're all made in the same part of your mouth, high and to the back. Russian velars can be either hard or soft, but it depends on what kind of vowel follows them, whether they can be hard or soft. If they are followed by an E sound, they must be soft, and so you have to write E, but if they are followed by an OO or a AH sound, they must be hard. And then the other kind of consonant that is affected by these rules are hushers. And hushers are sounds that you make at the top of your mouth and they have some kind of a SH or TS sound in them. And the Russian hushers are ZH, 
Ts, which is sort of a husher and sort of not a husher, we'll see that it comes into play in some of the rules, but not in all of them. Ch, sh, and sh. Russian hushers are always either hard all the time or soft all the time. The sounds zh, ts, and sh are always hard, regardless of what kind of a vowel you write after it. And then the consonants ch and sh with a tail are always soft, regardless of what kind of a vowel you write after it. So the vowels that are written after these hushers uh, don't change pronunciation, uh, and you just have to follow the spelling rules in order to write the correct vowels after these husher sounds. Let's start off uh, with the five-letter spelling rule. The five-letter spelling rule affects the hushers plus ts, which, as I said, is kind of a husher, but also kind of not a husher. And the rule is that after the letters zh, ts, ch, sh, and sh, you can never write o if it is not under stress. Instead, you must write yeah. This primarily affects adjective endings and the genitive plural. And so this is why we write harosh yeah, yeah, and luch yeah, yeah, because those are stem-stressed adjectives. And so we don't have the stress on the end, and so we have a husher. And then if you were to add the regular neuter ending, it would be oh, yeah, but it's not under stress, so we have to write yeah, yeah instead. However, if it is under stress, if the ending is under stress, writing o is fine, so you can write polshoya. If that seems a bit complicated, just remember that we write harosh yeah, yeah, and luch yeah, yeah, but bolshoya. This is also why the genitive plural of mesiets, month, is mesiets yev, but the genitive plural of atiets is atsov. The basic ending for the masculine genitive plural of hard stem nouns is of, but with words like mesiets or kanadiets or americaniets, we can't write off, we have to write yef. And again, if that seems kind of complicated, just remember that most words ending in ts are going to have yef as their genitive plural, but there are a few exceptions like atietz becomes atsof. These end-stressed ones become off. Next up, we have the seven-letter spelling rule. Uh, the seven-letter spelling rule is the one that gets the most use. So the five-letter spelling rule is only used in a few specific cases, and most of the time you don't have to worry about it too much. But the seven-letter spelling rule is used all the time. The seven-letter rule affects the velars, g, k, h, and the hushers, z, ch, sh, and sh, but not ts. Ts is not included in the seven-letter rule. The rule is that after these velars and hushers, you must always write e, never e. And in some cases, this spelling will follow how the word actually sounds when you pronounce it. Spelling will match pronunciation. And in other cases, it will not. So this is the one that really tends to trip up heritage speakers. So if you're a heritage speaker, please pay particular attention to this rule. And this rule comes into play with lots of adjective endings. So it comes into play with most masculine singular nominative adjective endings and all the plural adjectival forms. 
So this is why we write Ruski, Tichy, Haroshi, Luchi, and Strogi, and Amerikanski all with an E. Uh, if the adjective is N-stressed, it will come into play in all the plural forms. So Kakoi, Plachoi, and Bolshoi will be written with an E rather than an E in all the plural forms. It also comes into effect with most masculine and feminine nominative plural forms and with most feminine genitive singular forms. So this is why sabaka becomes sabaki, kniga becomes kniki, uchebnik, uchebniki. And again, with the velars, you will pronounce the soft e. So sabaka, which has a hard ending in the nominative singular, will become sabaki, and the ka will become soft when you add that genitive singular or nominative plural ending. However, the hushers will keep their basic hard or soft pronunciation. So bolshoi, and then you put it in, for example, the nominative plural bolshie, because sh is always hard, you will pronounce it shie, but you will spell it shie. So again, this is why this can be confusing to heritage speakers. So remember the spelling. You should never write e after any of these zh-sh sounds even if that's what you hear. Finally, we have the eight-letter spelling rule. Uh, this one, like the five-letter spelling rule, only comes into play in a few specific instances, but it's still very important for these specific instances. Uh, and the eight-letter spelling rule affects the velars, and all the hushers, and And the rule is that after these velars and hushers, you can never write you or ya only u or a. And the main place we're going to see this is in the ya and ani forms of second conjugation verbs. Remember, with second conjugation verbs, you always add the endings directly to the stem, so they are all consonantal stems. And many of them are husher stems. And so with these husher stem, consonantal stem, Second conjugation verbs, I know that sounds very confusing, don't worry about it too much, it's just remember it's verbs like uchitsa or slishets. Uh, with these kind of verbs like uchitsa or slishets, we can't write you for the ya form or yat for the ani form, we have to write u and at. So this is why we're going to write uchus with an u and uchitsa with an a, or slishu with an u and slishet with an at. And again, because these hushers are always either hard or soft, you might hear something a little bit different. So it might seem to you like uchus should be written with a u because it sounds soft, but it's not, or rather it is soft, but you have to write it with an u. The softness comes from the consonant itself and not the vowel unlike most other instances of Russian spelling. And so that's it for the spelling rules. I hope you found that helpful. Um, please try to familiarize yourself with them. Of course, the best way is by reading. So do as much reading as you can, and you will internalize these spelling rules and just start reproducing them automatically. A friend of mine in grad school used to say that you should get to the point where seeing a spelling rule being broken should cause you physical pain. And that's true. 
They are almost never broken. They're never broken in native Russian words. They're only broken in foreign words or made up words. So if you see a spelling rule being broken, it's probably a mistake, a huge, huge glaring mistake, unless it's a foreign word or a made up word. And please don't be writing foreign words or made up words. You've got enough going on right now just with real Russian words. So please try to stick with those. And I hope you found that helpful and we will reconvene for more lectures soon.